This episode, Beef Stew with White Wine and Hazelnuts from The Ultimate Cookbook. Welcome. I'm Bruce Weinstein. I'm the chef in Bruce and Mark. Hey there, and I'm Mark Scarborough. I'm the writer. I may be the chef, but today I'm getting out of the kitchen. Because I've got a secret. As a writer, I haven't cooked a thing in years. That's about to change. Mark's headed into the kitchen. Remember, he's a writer, and he gets easily distracted, usually by bourbon. Hey, watch it. I'm doing the cooking. And I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to guide him, and I'm going to give him tips, and I'm going to judge him. And so after 25 books, he can finally say, Hey, I f***ing made that. So we are already two hours into this recipe. Well, a good braise takes a long time. Yeah, yeah, yes, it does. But didn't we write a pressure cooker book? I mean, I, I, can't I do this whole thing in like a minute and a half or something? Yeah, I wanted you to do this recipe old school. Oh well, old school it is. So I know I, I, I know this recipe really well, honestly. I remember when Bruce developed it for the Ultimate Cookbook. We were living in New York. This is a long time ago. And we were living in New York, and Bruce developed this recipe. And I honestly thought it was one of the best braises in the book. Well, it's got a lot of things going on with it. First of all, it's beef. And <laughs> rather than use a red wine, which is so typical in Italian and French cooking... I went Spanish-inspired, and I used a white wine, a Spanish white wine for it, and flavored it with toasted hazelnuts, and there's fennel seeds. I'm waiting to hear what's in this thing, because it's a really unusual and complicated melange of flavors. It's not typical American palate, but it's, it's actually fairly easy. And I think one of the things that's amazing is that you don't thicken this stew in the pot, right? You don't. It's not It's not a thick, bubbly broth. You are going to braise this in just plain wine with all the spices, and then you're going to make a lovely nut and breadcrumb mixture that goes in the bowls, right. which will thicken it in the bowl. So it's going to actually get thickened up in your bowl at yeah. the table. It's, yeah. it's really a, a kind of amazing thing. So I'm going to tell you what I've done up to this point. And you don't have to write this down. The recipe's on our website. Along with my ghastly photography, my truly ghastly no, down and bad. dirty pictures, I take them with my iPhone as we taste these dishes. So, um, listen, don't worry. Our books don't look like my photography. <laughs> and thank you, Eric Medsker and Tina Rupp and Evan Sung and Lucy Schaefer and Marcus Nilsson. You know, it's really nice to work with the best. I never promised to be a photographer. Anyway, I put a big Dutch oven over medium heat and I added a quarter cup of olive oil. And then I browned the beef. I browned three pounds of boneless beef chuck. I'd cut it up into one and a half inch pieces. I browned it and it was epic. Yes, it was epic, but you had to do it in stages. I would not let you overcrowd the pan. I know. I want to dump it all in there like ground beef. No, no. Then you get it all gray. So instead, it Mm. took you about three or four batches, I think. And it took about eight to ten minutes a batch. So you were at it for a while. Oh, I was. That's like, I wasn't timing it, but it was a long time. It was. It was a long time. And you would have had to do that even if we did it in the pressure cooker. Okay, so I think the threat of homicide happened about halfway through all that browning when he told me I could have just bought beef stew meat cut up at the store and not cut up the big boneless chuck roast myself. Yes, I would have saved you about 10, 15 minutes. You know, at at 55 years of age, every 10 minutes I save is 10 minutes I still got. (laughs) Excellent. Well, here's the thing about (laughs) beef, though. When you're, you got to pay attention to the beef you're buying. We wrote this recipe for regular supermarket beef. And the timing is based on that. 
But if you wanted to use a grass-fed beef or organic local beef from a local farm, you could do that. But those kinds of meat tend to take a little longer to braise. Right. So, and you might even actually have to add a little more liquid for the longer braise. You might, because you'll have more. You'll have more evaporation. And depending happening. on the fit of the lid yeah. on your pot, and you know, sometimes stew meat isn't. Uh, I bought the chuck, all kidding aside. And because sometimes stew meat, right, isn't the most savory cuts of the cow. No, they're not grinding up and cutting up the most beautiful roast they have. Right. The stew meat is now nearly rectum free. Oh, lovely. So um, (laughs) buying the chuck roast really helps me have a better chance of a uniform flavor. Yes, and you can trim off all the excess fat you don't want and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So when the beef pieces were out and I finally browned them all, I put two medium onions that I thinly sliced into rings and I put them in the pot and uh, I let them go in that beef fat until they were nice and softened. Three minutes, four minutes. And then I stirred in and get this blend. Two teaspoons of stemmed thyme leaves, two teaspoons of minced sage leaves, a teaspoon of fennel seeds, a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of ground allspice, half a teaspoon of ground black pepper, and two bay leaves. Just think about that for a minute. Thyme and sage and fennel and allspice. It's very grandmotherly European, right? It's Don't you think it's like that? Right? I think it has all those wonderful combinations of European flavors, the fennel seeds and the allspice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is very Iberico, actually. I yeah. think you're really getting sort of a Abuela. very... Very Western European flavor. Oh, nice. Western abuela food. (laughs) And so then I stirred all that around a minute, and I dumped in a whole bottle of white wine. Yep. We used white because I wanted this not to be a French thing or an Italian thing where you will almost always use a red wine. But I wanted a nice Spanish wine, but I think we didn't use a Spanish wine. I'm not sure. (laughs) No, no. Our pantry had Pinot Gris in it. So you used an Italian white wine, but it's still white wine. But when we get later, we're going to drink it. I think we're going to drink a Spanish wine with this. Okay, and that's it. I scraped up the brown stuff in the pot. I covered it. I I put the, well, I should say before I covered it, I put the meat back in the pot that I browned, and then I covered it, and I put it in the oven. And that was two hours ago. Well, remember, a good braise takes a long... Do not... Push your luck. It's time now for Mark to make the thickener that will go into the bowls for the stews. Remember, this thickener doesn't go in the pot. It goes right in the bowls and the stew will be ladled over it. So I've got a food processor here and I've put in a half a cup of skinned hazelnuts, a half a cup of packed parsley leaves, a third a cup of pitted green olives, a tablespoon of drained and rinsed capers, two Thick slices of stale bread. I used that Italian kind of bread you get at the supermarket. They were stale from the counter overnight. And two garlic cloves. Just get that. The parsley, hazelnuts, olives. This is capers. This is a very... Iberico, I'm telling you. Mediterranean This is the Iberico Peninsula here. Yeah. And so I've got all that in the food processor. And you toasted your hazelnuts first, right? Yes. Another epic task. I I dried... I put them in a dry skillet over medium heat, and I let them go about five minutes until they got lightly brown and aromatic. Then I poured them into a a cloth dish towel, and I waited a couple minutes because I got delicate little hands that can't take the heat, and I gathered the towel together, and I rubbed it till most of the skins came off. That was epic. Well, now it's time to tell you that if you went to the baking aisle of the supermarket, you could have bought pre-skinned hazelnuts. More threats of homicide. But you still need to brown them, though. Okay, no homicide, just general bodily harm. Ooh, later. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> now, what are you going to do with all this? I'm going to whir it all up, but um, how far do you want me to take this? Just until it's coarse and crumbly. I don't want to paste. I don't want you making, like, a nut butter out of this. This has to be a texture that'll meld into the liquid of the stew beautifully. So does this look right now? A little more. And now for my favorite... Wait, 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 wait. Not, not, not yet. What? what? Uh, well, because there's one more step we have to say. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. when the beef was tender, and it was fork tender, right? I could stick a fork in Yeah, that in was it, about two hours. And the fork came right back out without any resistance. So when it was fork tender, after two hours, I stirred in six chopped plum tomatoes. Those are raw tomatoes. And I covered the pot, and I set it aside on top of the stove, not over any heat. And I think that's very unusual, so we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, what I wanted to do was add tomatoes to the dish, but not have them cook down and turn into a tomato sauce. I wanted it to be fresh, as it were, so that they were like big chunks of vegetable in the broth, warmed, but not cooked down. I like that flavor of that. It's really crazy, these raw tomatoes. I mean, they're going to cook a little bit in that sauce for 15 minutes. A little but, bit. They're going to they're, they're still going to have the kind of taste of raw tomatoes, and it's going to go with that, oh gosh, with that olive and hazelnut and caper thing. Oh, so it's anyway, be fantastic. now we're ready. It looks pretty fine to me. Yes, it is. So here we go, and I'm... I, I kind of want to mix it up, a little of the breadcrumb stuff and a, a little of the sauce. Mm. And... Wow. Oh, don't so... eat too much because I want to have this later. <laughs> oh. That's mm. so complicated. The, mm. It's it's wonderfully fresh. And I don't ever say this about a beef stew. Whoever says a beef um, – sorry, I'm eating. Whoever <laughs> says a beef stew is fresh, right? But it's got this like – It does. It has a bright – it's the white brightness. wine – it's those herbs that just that were fresh in the in the ground mixture mm. that didn't that, that stuff didn't get cooked. So you got that parsley and the capers and the right. olives add a brightness to it. Um, if you look on the website, you'll see the way we are eating it is we've got the the breadcrumb and hazelnut and parsley mixture on the side and the stew on the other side of the bowl, like they're on two sides of the bowl. Yeah. But you can just ladle the stew right over the As if it's mixture. sort of like a little couscous or mashed potatoes. Exactly. You could. exactly. So now let me ask you, what did you learn today? I learned once again that browning is the worst part of cooking besides the chocolate. Oh, you learn that every time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but you got this great meal out of it. True. And it's a fine recipe. You did good coming up with this. I, I This thing is dinner party worthy. And really, I, I just don't say that all that often. No, true enough. We taste everything together. And he's a harsh critic. Long ago, I learned the secrets to a good marriage. It's to withhold approval for better results. Oh, you learned that from Martha Stewart. <laughs> but what else did you learn? <laughs> Me and Martha, we're, we're tight. Um, I didn't l- learn much more. I mean, I love this dish. I've had it before. I've never actually made it. Uh, I, I I will confess that I like it better when you make it, uh, but um, let, let's stop a minute and talk about what wine we would drink well, with this. Well, I did say we were going to drink a Spanish white, mm. and I think what would go great with this is a verdejo. That would be a verdejo, which verdejo. is, which is <laughs> basically like your Spanish Sancerre. Yeah, or an Albarino, right? It's, it's just going to give a lot of floral flavors and fruitiness, which would be fantastic. And I'm, I'm always a guy for red wine, and I still would drink a red wine with this, but like nothing heavy. No Syrah, no Cab Sauvignon. No, we could do a Beaujolais with this. Yeah, you could. Or you could do an Oregon Pinot. Something oh, that... yeah, something chuggable. <laughs> so, nice. So what else did you learn? That's it. Just cue the ending. 
This recipe for beef stew with white wine and hazelnuts is from our book, The Ultimate Cookbook. If you'd like to see a full version of the recipe, look for the book in bookstores or online, or head over to our website, bruceandmark.com. If you like our podcast, give us a rating at wherever you found the podcast and downloaded it. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. So check it out. Beef stew with white wine and hazelnuts. I browned the f*** out of that beef, and the dish was better for all the work.